bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchise industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats podcast. Welcome to the Franchise Canada Chats podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisees, franchisors, and industry leaders who give on the pulse expert advice and share their franchising insights and experiences. I'm your host, Stephanie. This is season four, episode three of the spring season. In this episode, I talk to Everline Coatings and Services President John Evans and franchisee Simon Jawanda from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Everline Coatings and Services provides pavement marking and parking lot maintenance services. Here, John and Simon share how their brand has achieved franchise growth even during the challenges introduced by the COVID-19 pandemic. How Simon keeps motivated as a triple threat, balancing his career and personal life as a franchisee, full-time firefighter, and a new dad. And the learning curve that Everline Coatings and Services has given Simon, while John continues providing round-the-clock support for franchisees. Enjoy the episode! So my first question is for John. To start, can you tell us a bit about the Everline Coatings and Services concept and what sets it apart? Certainly. So Everline Coatings and Services were a uh, line painting and pavement maintenance brand that is uh, just changing the game by uh, uh, providing just a ton of innovation, professionalism in in an industry that hasn't quite found it uh, or hasn't quite been there uh, yet before. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, it's been a pretty low tech, uh, you know, kind of under the radar industry because every, like the work gets done, every parking lot uh, and, uh, uh, you know, roadways has to get repainted and resealed with cracks filled and asphalt repaired and all that kind of stuff. But the industry quite hadn't quite attracted the right mindset to it. So when I discovered uh, the industry myself, I uh, figured, hey, there's a lot of smart people out there that I think that if we apply their business acumen uh, to this uh, to this industry, we can really uh, do some damage. And I mean that in a good way uh, by changing the game and disrupting the industry. And so far, we're doing that. So it's exciting. It's uh, very exciting. Awesome. Next question is for Simon. What were you doing before you became an Everline Codings franchisee, and why were you attracted to this brand in particular? Yeah. So uh, before I, um, you know, joined the Everline Coatings team, I, I was uh, I was a member of the Winnipeg Fire Department, uh, working as a firefighter paramedic. You know, I always had an entrepreneurial side to myself, and I always said, "Hey, I wanna, I'm gonna do something one day," but I just quite wasn't sure what it's gonna be. And uh, you know, just uh, uh, first, I worked for about three, four years, saved some money, um, and then I really started looking into something that's gonna be. Uh, you know, I could still work, have that teamwork concept um, while working. And that's what I grew up in. So when Winnipeg Fire Department, I, you know, we rely on each other for everything, uh, whether it's learning from each other, uh, problem solving, et cetera. So I knew to go out by myself, it was going to be a lot more challenges, a lot more uh, problems that I might not have the time to deal with, or I might have a lot of questions I might fold. That's what I was kind of scared of. So, uh, you know, when I started uh, looking into the franchise uh, method, I kind of, you know, see it as a blueprint that works. So, and, uh, you know, it's, it all started from a Google search and uh, something that caught my eye, something that I wanted to be, uh, you know, adapting to whether of Winnipeg, let's be, we all heard of that. And it's, it's pretty harsh. And, you know, this maintenance of parking lot, Asheville gets done a lot more than maybe some of the other provinces. So 
you know, it started from a Google search and immediately caught my attention how it was marketed, how the concept of uh, the driven principles were out there. It spoke to me. And uh, from my first com- conversation, the blueprint was all laid out by John. And, um, you know, um, and I knew immediately I wanted to be part of that team. Um, I see where I was going. I see the vision. And, uh, and it was very similar to what I was doing with the Winnipeg Fire Department. And I saw the same thing with Everland Codings. And so that's what kind of sealed the deal for me. Great. And John, how did Everline Coatings get its start? And what are some benefits you offer your franchisees? Well, believe it or not, uh, Everline got its start at, at a franchise show. Uh, so when I, uh, when I was in university, I was a College Pro Painters franchisee myself. Uh, I r- got the company up to, uh, I think, the second highest in revenue in North America at the time. And uh, I... More or less, I uh, knew I wanted to continue on. As soon as I graduated school, kind of outgrew that uh, student painting program that they offer. Uh, so I still, I knew I wanted to run my own business and coming from a franchise system, all the challenges of building those initial systems, uh, you know, not having a brand behind me or whatnot. I wanted to avoid that. I wanted to uh, just go in and operate something super great. So I actually went to a franchise show here in Calgary uh, to, to not necessarily buy one, but get the juices flowing. And, uh, you know, I said, uh, and I came across a company that was not selling a franchise, but they were licensing a new type of durable traffic marking technology. And uh, we got to talking and given my background in painting houses at the time, uh, you know, is kind of like was a familiar but different uh, type industry to get going into it. So, uh, but what's funny is that uh, I was of such low sophistication and understanding, you know, the franchising space. And so were they that we were talking back and forth as if I was buying a franchise, but in fact, it was more of a licensing type deal. So I remember, uh, you know, being in going to training and saying, hey, well, you know, what, uh, when am I going to get my jacket with the better line on it and things like that and they said uh what are you talking about uh you know you're going to be your own brand Uh, you know all that sort of stuff and I was like what you know so it's uh so that was a big thing and then went from a franchise system myself to uh uh you know with estimate forms proposals uh you know methods of estimation branding behind it a website all that sort of stuff uh was not uh was not there at all and uh, to go from a, uh, a uh, you know, for a franchise system to something where there's absolutely nothing, that was a bit of a challenge. So that was where we began the process of building up the processes and systems. And then that transitioned into, hey, you know, I think there could be a, a really great uh, opportunity here for this to be a national brand through franchising. And so, of course, uh, began uh, began the opportunity to, uh, or to 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 share this opportunity with others and what the this business model has done for me and my for my family. Cool. And Simon, when did you buy your franchise, and what has your experience been like so far? Uh, yeah, Stephanie. Uh, so I bought my franchise uh, end of 2018. We signed the papers in uh, January 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, experience, uh, you know what? It's been a it's been a learning curve. Uh, there's definitely some challenges from uh, you know learning the operations to uh, administration to marketing. So uh, you know we have a we have a great blueprint, like I said. Um, but it's it's being specializing in every single one of those units too because it's 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 got to work together uh, from, you know, how you market yourself, how you deliver uh, on the job or convincing clients to work with us and delivering on the promise was a key factor. I think, uh, 
uh, the experience itself in the past two years, it has been tremendous. You know, it's, it's a lot, but at the same time, uh, going back to my last point, the support is there 24 hours a day, 365 days a, uh, is a year. Like you, I could send a message at two in the morning and expect an answer. So it's, it's, it, that was the nice part. Uh, you're not going in, uh, by yourself, you have a team of people that have calculated many years of experience that have gone through what you're currently going through in your first year and your second year, all the problems, they've solved them all. Now you kind of look at the system like, okay, well, they've probably went through all this. So the help and the support is just unbelievable. So that was huge for me because it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy to, uh, you know, just hang it up uh, quickly. But now, uh, John and his team and the Everline coding team, they've always kind of pushed you and, you know, whether it's trying different things and adapting to the time, like currently what we are right now. So overall, the experience has been a learning, learning curve, but it's been, uh, you know, it's been great. It's been very good. Awesome. And John, what support were you, were you providing your franchisees before the COVID-19 pandemic? And how has that support changed? Uh, uh, a great question. Uh, I I felt that support was always one of the things we did best. So uh, I would say that, uh, you know, before COVID hit, like not a lot changed in the structure and how support uh, came, came out that we were, uh, you know, I, you know, I know how it is. You're out in the field and you uh, have a question of how to do something or you're, you know, trying to solve a problem with how to price something or put it to get together a proposal you know, you, you need an answer right away. You can't just, you know, send an email out for a ticket and, uh, and just uh, say, uh, hey, does anyone have an answer to this? You get a response in a day or two, or you wait for your monthly meeting to ask these questions. Uh, for me, uh, it, it's always been my philosophy that uh, support has to be in real time at all times. Like that's just the world we're in. And so that uh, th that's kind of the direction it's been for, uh, for me since the beginning is like, you know, we utilize Slack for instance, uh, which is a common tool for a lot of teams to, uh, to communicate, uh, to be able to uh, put everybody in, in together in a room. And if say I'm not available uh, or any of our corporate teams not available to answer, another you know, franchisee will answer just for the interest in, in, in helping uh, because they have been helped. And that sort of thing. So that was already set up before COVID. Now, when COVID hit, though, uh, you know, of course, it, it's so weird being a year from when COVID started uh, and the difference it, that, that it is, because, that, of course, for everybody, that was a very stressful situation because of the uncertainty. Yeah, we had just started, uh, you know, four new franchises in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, you're like, these people pumped a significant amount of their money into this or their life savings in order to start something and create something for themselves. And then we're dealt with this curveball. So for me, uh, it began with, uh, let's get them all together uh, and just try and problem solve. How do we not just survive this pandemic, but how do we thrive in it? And uh, that, that's been the, when I got everybody together on that Zoom call, and that is on that Zoom call at the very beginning of the pandemic of what are we going to do? Let's talk about it. Roundtable, that sort of stuff. And uh, it's funny, as little ideas here and there turned into, uh, you know, something that we're known for now and that we were able to convert our line striping machines into disinfectors. And uh, so that was kind of like our very, uh, uh, our, you know, kind of like our uh, uh, adjustment to the model to ensure that, hey, listen, if this entire economy collapses, you know, there's going to need to be a, uh, a fight uh, against this virus. And we have the ability to, uh, to, to fight it. So let's do so. 
Uh, now it ended up where we didn't really have to do really any disinfecting because it just turned out that our, our services were considered essential uh, at the end of the day. So uh, we ended up growing all across the board. Simon had insane growth uh, in Winnipeg and uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, just that overall as a brand going up uh, a, a significant percentage in revenue throughout the pandemic and going from, uh, from that point there. And I think that started with just that, I guess the mentality or the, uh, you know, the roll up your sleeves, uh, you know, let's solve this kind of mentality that uh, we instilled upon the franchisees instead of, all right, guys, we don't know what's going on. Let's become a ball and uh, and just hide from this. It's like, let's hit this head on. So if we call that support, I, I'd call that a, a supportive uh, ment a mentality to have to lead to lead the whole team through that. Hmm. Um, and John, you mentioned those disinfecting machines. What kind of things do you disinfect with those? So it, it's all exterior stuff. Uh, so uh, we don't do any interior disinfecting. Uh, it, it's uh, like, you know, we, the original plan and idea was uh, that we would go and do like bus stops and like, uh, you know, grocery carts and things like that. And, and in reality, like we honestly didn't get a big take in the market for it, but we, the, the, uh, in terms of uh, getting this work uh, done, uh, because people, you know, bus stops, they didn't get done. Uh, this is spray disinfecting while it was done throughout Europe and Asia uh, on exterior services. Canada opted not to do to, to do that. That's fine. It got our, uh, uh, it, it kind of, it, it wasn't about the service or disinfecting. It was about the, how, like, really, when the, you have an, a significant economic event, like a pandemic, uh, hit. It is now all about hustle. You know, it's hustle through it, force yourself through it, problem solve through it. Uh, the, the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's a classic old saying. And uh, I think that's what happened here. Cool. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Did you know that Franchise Canada has a newsletter sent twice a month that's packed full of fresh franchise opportunities? With Franchise Canada e-news, you get new content from Franchise Canada magazine, franchisee success stories, industry news about CFA members, educational videos all about franchising, and you can keep up to date on the newest episodes of the Franchise Canada Chats podcast that you're listening to right now. Plus, by subscribing to Franchise Canada e-news, you get a free subscription to Franchise Canada magazine. Subscribe now at FranchiseCanada.online. Now back to the podcast episode you were enjoying. Um, Simon, you mentioned the learning curves as a franchisee, but what, if any, are some of your biggest challenges you faced? Uh, as a franchisee, uh, now that I think about uh, just, uh, you know, since I started, um, I think one of the biggest challenges for me itself was I've never done this kind of work before. Uh, so everything was very new to me. Uh, you know, obviously the idea uh, the entrepreneur side kicks in. Well, when it comes into play, you gotta you gotta know what you're doing because your clients are have got their parking lots or you know the uh, epoxy that we train that they they always had somebody before that was prior to doing this work. So I come into play. I need to gain some experience in this field. So uh, you know I had to get you know down dirty uh, on the tools. Like I was figuring out. Um, figuring out tips and tricks and uh, learning each piece of the equipment, L learning the anatomy of every single tool and uh, equipment is important because it allows you to, uh, you know, deliver on your promise of your parking lots. And, you know, I, now I can't even drive down the street without looking at parking lots because I know, 
I know the whole anatomy behind it. I know what to look for and what paint they use. So uh, I think it's just, it's like anything you, you know, you put your mind to it. Uh, you said, this is a challenge I'm going to learn. And uh, with all the support that I've been provided uh, from John and the team, uh, we were all always problem solving as a team. So what works, what does it for our clients and offering them solutions. So that was, uh, that was huge for me. And one of the challenges I feel like I had a tough time was with uh, when I had other employees, I, would, I was always involved in operations. I, I always wanted to be out there making sure, hey, make, everything is getting done right. And now I had to take, uh, John actually helped me significantly with this, I had to take a step back and actually see it as a, on a macro perspective and run it as a business uh, where I couldn't be out there late at night working in parking lots and being up in the morning and talking to clients. So we really have to shift that uh, as a business or owner, but sometimes it's hard not to be so involved in the work that you're doing from the off side. So that was a little bit challenging for me. Uh, but like I said, um, it's something that these guys have all gone through. And uh, for me coming in and I was kind of making those, I was trying to avoid the same mistakes they've made and they've just caught them right in the early stages of my uh, Everline franchise, the, uh, you know, operation. So I realized that I adapted to it. Now, um, you know, I have, I have nine employees and, uh, you know, uh, and I've put three of them in operations, marketing, admin. So I'm kind of overseeing everything on a macro and it's, and it's running smoother and it's putting people in the right position. It's all, um, you know, it's all just following the blueprint. Great. John, what impact did COVID-19 have on the Everline coding system? Well, we, uh, we thrived uh, in it, you know, and I, I, I you know, uh, full disclosure, I, you know, I am so sympathetic uh, to those who are on the bad side of this pandemic. Uh, you know, I can't imagine uh, the devastation uh, that people would have faced, uh, it, you know, particularly people in the restaurant industry uh, or, uh, or or anything else that had to shut down, like you know, uh, play you know gyms for kids and things like that. You know, no one could or, or no one could do that. So there's that. But fortunately, uh, you know, just with uh, with whatever luck we were blessed with, we were put into a and in, we selected to an industry. Uh, that we can confidently say is not only recession proof because uh, we started in Calgary. And I think the reason why we've done so well is because we've started in Calgary. Cause as soon as, because of the, uh, the economic roller coaster we have of oil going up and down, we're just used to this, you know? So when COVID hit, we're like, Oh, just add it to the pile uh, of just stuff we got to deal with, whatever. We don't care. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, I, and I think because Everline's model started there, uh, we've been able to become more adaptable uh, to different situations, and that was able to transfer itself uh, to everywhere else. Because when Everline started, we were just a line painting company, and in order to uh, to handle the ups and downs of the Albertan economy, we had to diversify our services to be an overall line painting and pavement maintenance, where we do seal coating and crack filling and asphalt repair, epoxy flooring, things like that. And uh, uh, in order to be able to uh, uh, to be able to kind of go through those ups and downs and, and kind of level it out and make sure our revenue uh, continued its trend of growth. And, uh, and so when that model was translated to the rest of Canada during COVID, everyone else, like, you know, it was the right amount of diversification that we were able to weather the storm quite well. So not only were 
uh, is that out of eight of our existing franchises, uh, six grew in revenue. Uh, the others were just flat in revenue, and but they were far more profitable. Um, and then you have, uh, of course, we started 2020 with eight locations, and now we're starting 2021 uh, with 18 and soon to be 19. So it's uh, it's actually, you know, this chaos is a ladder for us. Uh, we've been, you know, I find that economic events like this, they'll trim the inefficient fat uh, of, of inefficient companies or inefficient uh, internal operations. And we were able to do both. And uh, yeah, it, it, COVID made us better at the end of the day. Short answer. <laughs> That's great. Great to hear. And Simon, what about you and your franchise? What impact did COVID-19 have? And do you have any successes before, after, or during the pandemic? Yeah, you know what, as soon as I, in 2019 was my first year and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, you know, everyone's spending money and, uh, you know, property managers are more, you know, they're easier to convince and everyone was taking a chance on me and we we're delivering and everything looked great. And I was like, oh, I can't wait till, you know, second year. I kind of got a taste of the industry. I know who to go for. And then it was like, what is happening? This would, of course. You know, I was like, this would happen to me, you know, second year in the pandemic hit. And, and I was, and I remember having these thoughts like, oh, this is like, it's, this is not good. Uh, you know, but um, like John said, obviously we feel, uh, you know, we feel for the people that have to shut down businesses and, and all that aside, uh, we saw a rapid increase of growth uh, faster than we expected in Winnipeg. I think, you know, it was like, it was a very good amount. So it was, uh, and, you know, it, it kind of goes back to uh, the Everline Coding and Services concept. We have a model that allows us to be experts in different services that makes things easy, such as uh, epoxy coding. Uh, you know, we saw an increase where we saw an increase in epoxy coding because people were spending time at home. They wanted their garage to look nice. They wanted to, uh, they wanted their front steps to look great they were uh, you know they were spending money on home renovation so we adapt to that idea we marketed that so uh it's strategically planning uh adapting to the times and we saw a decrease in commercial properties uh, due to the pandemic no one was out and about uh, you know people were saving money but uh you know it's adapting to the time and just saying this is what it is and how to make the best of it and i think to, to see growth across the board in a pandemic year year it speaks for itself. And John, you mentioned how you achieved growth during the pandemic. So how did you achieve that growth and manage to scale up as an emerging brand? Um, so we set ourselves up in the beginning to be a very uh, technology uh, heavy business uh, in terms of uh, we utilize technology to leverage scalability. Uh, because what we want to do is we want to, of course, uh, we, like because we're so seasonal, a lot of stuff has to happen in a short amount of time. Uh, and to be able to manage that, yeah, we can do it the old classic pen and paper way and all that kind of stuff. It's very taxing and challenging or whatnot. But uh, so in order to solve that problem and make things easier, we invested in technology to uh, uh, to be able to make that easier. So it started off with us being able to utilize the core quality system, which is an internal uh, process that we use that we tell clients that we offer a clear scope uh, for on every single project. A, a clear scope of work is provided to the uh, to the customer as well as to our crew members so that everybody's on the same page. 
uh, and operations uh, reports are completed so that as soon as projects are done, we get a full report from our crews as to what occurred, how long they were on site for, how much material they used, and if the project is done or not, if they came across any obstructions or anything like that. Uh, then there's the reach out and evaluate where it's just that's the customer service angle of it, where we say, hey, listen, we, uh, uh, you know, like uh, we complete a project. Thanks so much for having us. We got a report from the crew, the operations report that, uh, that everything's done. Please take a look and let us know what you think. And then we evaluate. We evaluate internally to make sure the quality is to our standard, uh, that uh, you know our margins are uh, to what they needed to be, to, so that are we being as efficient as we possibly could? And, uh, and it ends up being a much greater experience for that. So it started with that. And then, uh, then as we kind of further developed on our sales and CRM, uh, uh, kind of software, proposal software, operation software to make to make it far easier for us to be able to do more in less time uh, allowed for that growth to be a bit more sustainable. I just ran the numbers here. The average growth was uh, uh, last year from uh, year over year of existing business, existing businesses was uh, 54% average growth. So it's uh, uh, significant. We had some as high as 80. You had uh, uh, Winnipeg, he has had a 52% growth uh, assignment there himself. So it, it was pretty, pretty bonkers uh, in, in that sense. So, and I, I attribute that to technology. I attribute that to our positive marketing angle through social media, uh, online digital side of things. You know, we project to uh, out there that we're a friendly, fun, innovative company. And uh, people want to work with us. We become the emotional favorite. And, and of course, that uh, initial, hey, guys, this pandemic is not an excuse to uh, take your foot off the gas. It is like, you know, a directive to just go pedal to the metal. Uh, and in order to make sure we're not caught in the crosshairs of these things. And uh, that, that seemed to work. Wow. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. And Simon, on top of being an Everlines coding franchisee, you're also a full-time firefighter and a new dad. Can you tell me a bit about these accomplishments and how you juggle multiple items at once while staying motivated? Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, being a firefighter, um, it's truly uh, it's really opened my eyes to the world. You know, I've been in scenarios that's learning on the fly in situations, uh, adapting to change, finding solutions. Uh, in scenarios. Um, it's a very uh, team-oriented uh, mentality where we rely on each other. And, uh, you know, going back what I said, I, I see the resemblance of that in Everline. You know, we work together, uh, whether it's um, not knowing a product that we never used before, where other franchisee has had problems with certain things, and they're quickly to respond like, hey, don't use this, do this. And, uh, you know, we work together, we help each other out when needed, uh, in the end, it's all for a common goal. They want to see uh, myself succeed and we want to see everyone else succeed. So you, when you're, uh, you know, when you're into that environment, I, I feel like the opportunities are endless. So, um, but you know, it's, it could, it is a lot at sometimes like, you know, shuffling all these things around, running this operation, going to a uh, full-time work, but uh I've always kind of told myself, why not? You know, I'm all about taking risks. My job is all about taking risks. So I never put limits on myself. I'm, you know, I'm a strong believer. If you have a winning mind state and you put in the effort, the results will show, uh, you know, for being a new dad, you know, it's kind of fueled a little fire within myself. I, 
mentioned that to John. I know he's a new father as well. So uh, it kind of fuels a fire because you want to set an example for the future. You want to set an example how you can do anything and the opportunities are endless if you're willing to work hard. You can be a firefighter. You can be a business owner. You can do, like I said, you always don't limit yourself. Um, I've always pushed the limits and uh, taken risks. So, you know, here I am today. <laughs> awesome. And John, how do you expect the challenges and changes from the pandemic to impact the Everline coding system going forward? What do you think the future looks like, both in the short term and long term for the brand? We are about to enter the Everline golden age. I'm calling it right now. Uh, the, the reason being is that uh, the pandemic, uh, like many other places, forced us to really take a serious look internally and, uh, and, in, and innovate even further. Like, you know, it, like the idea of us providing a professional image and great experience to clients in our industry is novel by itself for us to uh, implement literally state-of-the-art, highly advanced technology into a business like this. Uh, in, or, and uh, being able to spread out, utilizing the power of franchising across Canada uh, uh, to be able to service national accounts and to be able to offer to our national account customers saying, listen, you're going to have the, uh, the core quality system on every single project to make sure that you're super in the know that there's never a, a mystery for the projects that, that you need to get completed. They are going bonkers over that, let alone uh, our additional, like kind of like our new tagline of, Everline Coatings and Services, rethink pavement maintenance. And what I mean by that is, is that with COVID, uh, especially for our clients who are mostly commercial clients, they have big holes in their budgets of, uh, from, not, um, from not getting rent for six months or more, you know, from, from a lot of their clients because they just like people were shut down, they couldn't do it. And so they're being told by their shareholders uh, or, or, or the owners of the companies, you have like you have to save money, find a way to cut money, and there's nowhere else to cut. There's nowhere else to cut except whatever line's bringing up to them. Hey, listen, for years, your pavement maintenance asset, your asphalt around your entire building, what you've typically done is just paved it, let it go, and, uh, and then replace it when it, it doesn't look good anymore. We're saying, hey, listen, now here's an opportunity to save tons of money for us to uh, be able to manage it properly, to fill potholes, to, uh, to fill cracks, to do proper seal coating over it. Uh, you know, it's, yep, it's more money kind of overruns, it's kind of like, you know, doing an oil change in your car, right? If uh, you, you're like, oh, I'll save the 80 bucks uh, for not doing an oil change in my car. Uh, but then, oh, guess what? Your engine is totally shot uh, as a result. It's the same principle, and that's the uh, the pitch we've been giving to our customers, and they've been really listening, not only on a local level, but on a national level. So uh, the, uh, the franchisees that have been early adopters, like Simon here, uh, who believed in the vision, the most amazing thing is the vision is coming true. And uh, all, all signs are pointing to, all the data is pointing to an exclusive year, actually in 2021 and beyond. Okay, awesome. And Simon, what do you think your franchise business will look like going forward? Are there any changes you plan on keeping or anything you want to implement? Mm -hmm. I, I think John just kind of nailed it. We adapted our strategic uh, vision of to rethink pavement maintenance. Now I get to be part of that. Uh, I get to take that concept and apply it to Winnipeg and in Manitoba. And, you know, it's, the clients have never seen anything like this before. They've, they've kind of just had the original guy, hey, okay, my lines are painted and that's it. Here's an invoice. 
But now we're actually, uh, you know, able to use these strategic things. We think payment and maintenance. Why don't we grow your business? Why don't we market that business well? And in turn, it brings in more clients. So when they start, when the properties are looking nice, it's just a, it's going to be a nice turnaround for these businesses. So, um, you know, for, for changes, I'm just adapting and executing. I'm adapting. I'm taking the idea of what the team has planned and i'm going to be executing here there's going to be challenge there's there's going to be challenges every day and there's going to be challenges who knows five years from now uh, but it's just i simply think it's just how you react to them you can easily be scared of what's happening or simply say this is what we have to work with this is a pandemic it's not going anywhere or we just say okay strategically go back to the board what can we do what does our clients want let's use technology in our uh, you know, methods that we're doing things. We're doing a lot of things virtual, uh, you know, sending emails and uh, with a video or sending a proposal, like, hey, this is what your property is. And just having that still kind to cut interaction, but over a video. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, those are the changes we're shifting to more of the tech perspective. And I think we've got, uh, we've got a lot of positive feedback because and a lot of the property managers and stuff, they're working from home. They can't meet us on site, but they still feel like we're doing all the work and it's still a very close interaction just over video and we're able to gather our data and present it to them uh, in a very nice manner. So I think they're really happy. And, and you know, Everline is on top of it. I could definitely say that. So Awesome. And my next question is for both you, but we'll start with John. What strategies have you used to inspire and motivate yourself during this difficult time? Is there anything in your personal professional life that inspires you? I, I think uh, I'm very motivated. I, I started my very first business right in the middle of the 2008 crash. And uh, this was a uh, totally, you know, this whole experience was, you know, brought back you know, nom flashbacks of, uh, of what that looked like and that sort of thing. But I do remember the uh, level of growth uh, and opportunity there was right after that. It was kind of like the phoenix rising from itself in, in that sense there. And I think that um, uh, uh, we're... I don't know. But the way that I've said it is that the opportunities are going to come after this massive shift in this last year. Uh, it's going to be biblical absolutely biblical and to go in and, and for Everline to be at the stage that it's at now kind of getting ramped up and, you know, like kind of uh, getting out of the emerging stage and into more of the growth stage as a franchise, uh, as a franchise system, uh, the opportunity that this is going to create, not only for, you know, for, for myself, but for my franchisees, uh, particularly uh, who were uh, there since early on. And for those that are uh, seeing and hopping out, hopping on now and being like, yeah, this is going to work. That really motivates me because uh, you're going to have all these types of people all across the country uh, that have been able to uh, find a solid business model and connect with a, a brand that, uh, you know, really truly does wants this to be a part of, you know, their, their entrepreneurial journey where they're building wealth, wealth with it and that sort of thing. And that is, uh, to me, so motivating and so exciting, you know, especially for, you know, with Simon here, man, like he's, um, I'm so like a reason why I was like, Hey man, Simon's the best, the best guy for this call here today, because, uh, he's so, um, uh, is so inspiring in the sense that, yeah, he's a full-time firefighter and he was able to, uh, to build this whole 
side business and it's now becoming like a thing way faster. You know, he has now nine employees with a full-time management team and all that kind of stuff. When it was only a couple of years ago uh, that him and I just started talking, uh, you know, out of the blue from a Google search. And it's like, wow, that to me, like the, the, the stuff that can happen out of that uh, is really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. That is very impressive. Um, Simon, same question to you. What inspires you in your life? You know what, being able to employ people during these times, being able to promote them into, uh, you know, I just recently hired, hired a young student. He's just, you know, he's able to see, uh, he's able to come in and see, oh, whoa, this is like me playing on a football team. Uh, this is kind of, this is awesome. You guys, you know, you guys, uh, you know, we're all young entrepreneurs and uh, we kind of work. I've kind of b- built my business model as you're literally just going to, uh, you're going to work, but it's more of a teamwork environment. So I'm, uh, you know, and the employees, the feedback that I get from them, they really enjoy that aspect. They feel like, you know, they get to be part of this brand. They get to be part of, they, they, they find inspiration and uh, in it, they find, motivation coming to work so for me to see that and for me to stop would not be right so I have to I have to work uh even harder now you know I when I when I hear these kind of people say this is you know thank you for this position or you know thank you and when my clients are telling me my garage has never looked this nice before it was you know broken 30 year old concrete and now it looks like it's brand new for me to uh you know those kind of things motivate me to okay let's do it at a bigger scale let's let's motivate more employees, let's do more culture events, let's, let's hang, like, so we're just building a team, and, you know, we're, like John said, we're expanding at a very fast rate, and uh, join us, (laughs) join us, or be kind of left behind, like, that's kind of where we're at, so, uh, you know, we're, uh, it's a great, great team environment. And John, as a franchisor, what advice do you have for those who are considering franchising right now? Uh, I, I would say, uh, of course, look into something that, uh, you know, C works for, uh, for your personality, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, to, when you are chatting with different franchisors, uh, that, uh, you know, you align with their vision so that you can get totally bought in because franchising is not uh, a one-way street where the, you know, it, it's a two-way street. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, it, it's you, both of you working together. Simon and I, were, we're married. We're married. So, you know, but like, you know, it's kind of like a relationship there. It's, it's, it, you know, there, I, I'm there to pull my weight. He's there to pull his weight. And I would say uh, uh, to any franchisee, look for, there are a lot of really great concepts out there uh, that are, that are big, that are small, uh, but really what connects with you and speaks with you in terms of your individual values and ideals uh, really should be kind of your priority, I think, versus, the business itself, because, you know, it's, it's kind of odd to think that in business in general, like, you know, as long as the economics of the franchise that uh, you're considering makes sense, uh, that's, that's the vehicle that doesn't really matter. It's everything else that matters uh, in, in running business and being surrounded by a team that you connect with, that you can collaborate with, that is supportive uh, with one another. Um, so yeah, I look uh, very closely into that. And Simon, as a current franchisee, what advice do you have for others considering franchising right now, or maybe people considering doing what you do as a full-time firefighter Mm -hmm. with a franchise on the side? Yeah, you know what, if you were to ask me two years ago, this is where I'd be, 
like I would say, yeah, right. Uh, but, you know, over time that I look back in two years, we have such a strong backbone of experts that I relied on, uh, whether John himself or anyone else in his team across Canada. You know, it's a team that they're, they're, helped to, they're, they're there to help you out with any questions that may, you may have. They're going to guide you through the process in order to be successful. Everyone here wants you to do well, wants you to get those big projects, you know, and for me to see my, uh, you know, headquarters like John and his team work on these national programs because they want us to, they want us to keep us busy. They want us to have these big contracts for them to work as hard that I'm doing. And it, that's very nice to see. And, and I think people should just take risks, like push the limits. I never thought I'd be in this position and, you know, running this operation. Uh, you know, some people sometimes were just so settled with Monday to Friday, we have our job, we have a career. You know, I'm always looking outside the look at the bigger picture and I'm always challenging myself. And, you know, I found that here and I hope the next franchisee who's maybe thinking about it, I just have to say, go for it. Give me a call. I can uh, definitely, uh, you know, guide you through the process. And uh, like I said, that, that was what was told to me when I, uh, you know, joined the franchisee and it, it, how open it was, how transparent it was. And like I said, it's a team of people that, have the same goal uh, in order um, and that's what we're doing here wonderful so those are all the questions that i had for you guys but i'll open the floor if you'd like to add anything uh, no i i, I yeah. really yeah appreciate appreciate you uh, having us on here uh, this is this is great um you know uh, uh, love uh, the idea that uh, uh you know franchising is is doing quite well in canada because i don't know I, i'm biased but i do think that uh it's, you know, being a franchisee myself and now franchisor to be able to help facilitate how something like that would go mm -hmm. uh, has been, uh, it's just a tremendous opportunity because uh, they're just really, truly, you don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. And I think just kind of the upward march of humanity uh, requires us to stand on each other's shoulders to keep getting on forward. And uh, we're proving it over and over again at Everline where people are growing faster than I ever did. Uh, you know, when I was running my standalone location, uh, back in the day. So that's, that, that's the, the true uh, excitement for me. So thanks very much for doing this. No problem. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. For more franchising resources, including how-to articles, expert advice, franchisee success stories, and franchise opportunities, visit FranchiseCanada.online. Don't forget to subscribe to Franchise Canada eNews while you're there. You can also learn more about franchising at cfa.ca and can connect to specific franchise opportunities at lookforfranchise.ca.